Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Get in zone. AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My check engine light's on. Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone free fix finder service can help find the fix for free. Get in zone. This whole report for free? That's right. Printed and on your phone for free. Get in zone. But what if the fix is too tough? We'll recommend a local shop. Fix finder only at AutoZone. Get in zone. AutoZone. Restrictions apply. This is the Steelers Preview Show, presented by Unibet on WDVE Pittsburgh. Here are your hosts, Mike Brazuda and Matt Williamson. Good evening and welcome to the preview. We're getting ready for another must-win game. This will be the fourth of those in succession for your Steelers, who are still hanging in there at 6-6-1, but work to do. Mike Brasuda and Matt Williamson with you until 8 o'clock tonight, as we always are. Merrill Hodge will join us, as he always does, but... Got a special treat for you tonight, a little Christmas present, early Christmas present. Ben Roethlisberger stopped by the DVE Morning Show today, and we had a real enjoyable time talking to him as we have done uh, throughout his Steelers career, and uh, we did so today maybe for the final time. We'll see how that plays out, and we'll get to that momentarily. But, Matt, before we go there, we got to go where we always go to start the show, and that is the practice participation report. Things looking up a little bit for the Steelers. Joe Hayden, limited after not working yesterday, uh, Alex Highsmith, T.J. Watt, and Robert Spillane, all full participants. No Isaiah Bugs ankle. He went from full participant to did not work. But maybe they got enough run stoppers this time? Nose tackle's a concern, even if they're all healthy. And Adams is on COVID. You mentioned that, too. Or didn't mention that, but Bugs as well. That part worries me a little, to say the least. But I think the the freshness factor and the health factor overall certainly favors Pittsburgh in this game. For the Titans, cornerback Jack Rabbit Jenkins, uh, linebacker. That's his real name, by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, linebacker. Da- oh, that's another commentary. <laughs> I just couldn't help myself. Linebacker David Long, guard <laughs> Roger Saffold, and defensive lineman Tier Tart. Four starters uh, among those not participating today. Of course, no Derrick Henry and the clock ticking on Bud Dupree. He doesn't play after three practices, right? Right. I think they, what, did they activate him? They started his clock Started today his clock. Yeah, okay. Yeah, probably yesterday. not. Uh, their defensive front's really good, and that's what worries me most in this game. But overall, this team's really short on weapons, explosive plays. I think, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it over the next hour, but I think the Steelers are getting the Titans at a tremendous time. We'll certainly get into the details with Merrill, but uh, now without any further delay, uh, here is the aforementioned uh, Ben Roethlisberger visit with Randy Bauman in the DVE Morning Show. 
It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show on your radio home of the Steelers, 102.5 DVE. Joining us right now, quarterback from your Pittsburgh Steelers, number seven, big Ben Roethlisberger, ladies and gentlemen. Ben! What's up, man? Good morning, everybody. It's been a while. How are you? I know, man. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, uh, Now, have you been enjoying the Hallmark uh, Christmas movies with your wife? (laughs) Just sitting home every night? Yes. Yeah. That's all we do. Just sit home and watch a lot of those. The, uh, the kids are big into like Elf now. The movie Elf, like we yes. finally kind of oh. let them do that. They just think it's hilarious. Do so. they think he Classic. looks like you? Do they think Will Ferrell looks like you? Only Will and I think we look like each other. <laughs> you guys do though, man. <laughs> I told you that story one time when I saw him after the ESPYS a long time ago, and he he came up to me and said, "Has anybody ever said we look alike?" And I said, "I get that all the time." He goes, "We're two good looking sleepers." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that yeah, and your kids are big now, man. Like, yeah, they're getting they're getting older. Do you feel now like you wow. are dad like status, like not young dad? You're like how your dad was growing up. You're an official, just you're in dad bod mode. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's a hundred percent. It's you know you're dad out. Jokes. It's no more like there's nothing has to do with you. It's all like what are the kid? You go outside to do something real quick. Yeah, you want to play catch? Sure, I'll play catch for a little bit, and then you get done with that. Hey, Dad, you want to do this? Dad, you want to do this? It's like nonstop, so it's it's fun though. It's any pretty- any issues with the elf on the shelf, Ben? Because sometimes you know, at my house, the kids will wake up and they'll say, "Oh, what what happened to the elves? They didn't move." And I I I guess somebody must have touched them. I don't know if the the fairy dust wore off. Are you having issues? Our our elf's name actually is Buddy, uh, from the movie nice. Elf. Uh, and and he has done an amazing job this year so far of being somewhere different, um, but that has been a very real uh, issue in the past. <laughs> yeah. So um, there there is a, a timer on my phone every night at uh, you know nine thirty. Don't don't forget. So try try and do the remembering thing. And, and this year he has come back amazingly for the first time ever, like in different outfits sometimes, like. I think yesterday he had a little sweatshirt on with some headphones. They do some pretty cool things. Uh-huh. Now up in the really changing up. Yeah. Uh, do you ever use any football terminology? Like, sorry, he's not here today. He's on injured reserve. <laughs> oh no, that'd be a good. My son would definitely love that. Yeah, he's in the protocol. Yeah, he's big on the football. Yeah, he's in the COVID. He's in COVID, guys. Yeah, he fell off the shelf. He's in the concussion protocol. <laughs> uh, this season has been so up and down, uh, and weirdly entertaining. From an excitement standpoint, um, I'm sure you don't <laughs> feel like that, that's your uh, oh. assessment of how things have gone. But the Steelers are still very much in the race in the AFC North. And watching that second half last week, like everybody, including myself, gave up on any hope of being able to come back from that deficit. And then you and Najee look like the two of you single-handedly sort of willed that team to get back into the game. Now, Clearly, we saw that happening on the field. Is it something you vocalize? I know you said yesterday that, you know, you kind of said to Najee, like, hey, you can really start to uh, cement your legacy with performances like the one that he was about to give in that second half. But is it more of a just lead-by-example situation for you, or are you still trying to convince them, hey, we're not out of it. We can come back. Yeah, you, you just got to kind of lead by – in those situations, you can tell guys all you want, like, hey, don't quit. Let's go. Right. And- and they look over the scoreboard, and it's like, uh, well, okay. But, you know, it's, it, and trust me, the way my body was feeling at halftime, I was trying to find every way. Oh. Like, every every ounce of my body was trying to quit. You got laid out, like, not, several times. It's just in not the first in time. my – I know. I know. My, I haven't felt that way in a while. Um, 
but uh, you know, just there's just something in my DNA. I was like, I I can't I can't quit. Like I gotta go and just you try and just keep telling guys, okay, let's go do this. Let's just one at a time. And if you can lead them down to get one score, it it, it just it, it like there's a little itty bitty spark, you know, just a little bit of flame, and then you find a way to score again. It's like guys can just start to believe and and listen. That was a pretty insurmountable you know challenge that we had and we gave ourselves a chance and it's it's cool to see guys continue to fight all the way through it but um you're right it hasn't been the season that that we've probably wanted i mean coming into it uh you know we did have the toughest schedule in the nfl and it wasn't going to be easy we knew that but um then you deal with the injuries which every team does you know not making excuses but all those things being said to to know that we're still we're still in it you know it's not over yet we got to keep fighting and and we will Ben, I think you earned how you felt at halftime, and it, it wasn't like they, they were blitzing nine and you had only eight to block. Uh, what got fixed up front, and what's the confidence level that that first half was an outlier and the, the line will be good enough the rest of the way? Yeah, I think the second half was a lot. We, we, kind, of, we kind of switched gears a little bit, went to the, to the shotgun, the RPO uh, world, which, um, you know, gets the ball out quick. You know, it's, it, it gives you – basically on any RPO, I, I have three pass options and or a run option. Um, and Well, I guess I could be a run option too, but that's not really – I don't know, dude. You showed uh, some skills last week. Yeah, I saw yeah. you. Jump. Listen, you get you get get the first down, and lo- lo- at least it's under like six yards. I'll make it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to start using the Kenny Pickett, dude. Do the fake slide and keep him going. Plus it eats clock. Hey. <laughs> If I, tried, if I tried that fake slide, every every ligament in my lower body would snap. <laughs> You'd just pop out and, into the third row. Yeah, Your I'm kneecap done. would I'll fly through the uprights. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, um, yeah, you know, we just switched to that. That kind of offense kind of changed, and that, that doesn't allow them to kind of just tee off. And then we did we did mix some deeper passes in there. Um, and but, but it's able to, you're able to slow them down a little bit when you can pick the tempo and the pace up a little bit. Ben, have you been working with Kendrick Green on snapping the ball uh, this week in practice? <laughs> what what happened in Minnesota? You're back there straining your hip flexor and clapping. Turner's slapping him on the backside. Was he wearing stick'em? Yeah. What what was going on there? Yeah, I had good gloves on. Um, we we've 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 been you know KG's um, you know it's it's tough. He's for a guy that hasn't played center. He played like four games in college, um, and, and you know he's he's still getting it and. There's a lot going on up there, making a lot of calls, big guys up there trying to block. And, and so we've really put an extra emphasis this week on his snaps um, and, and having to be, you know, kind of uh, – they don't have to be perfect every time, but I'd like to not have to reach up and jump for him, especially on the RPO stuff because sometimes the ball has to come out quick. You've got to make a really quick decision. You don't have time to kind of catch it and, and figure out because it is a – you know, it's a run option as well. So we've been working with him, and I, I believe in him, and I know he'll he'll be just fine. and. Like I said, he's got a lot going on up there, so he'll 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 get it. The throw you made to Fryermuth, I thought, you know, that was one of the dime, you know, as as good as you're gonna throw the ball. And you made a couple of those uh in that second half. And I'm wondering at this point in your career, do you realize or appreciate when you're in the zone like that? In the second half, you had it all cylinders firing, you were making pinpoint passes, leading the team, you had the rhythm going. Are you able to consciously acknowledge what's going on at that point, or do you look back and go, "Yeah, we, we were kind of, you know, we were in it there for a little while." I, I'm wondering if you know when it's happening. 
sometimes. Uh, and in that moment, like last week, it was just like survival mode, like just try and figure out how can we get back into this thing. Um, there will be games, I think, when you're, you know, like early in the game when you just feel like, oh, man, I got it today. You know, like yeah. everything's working, every throw, every read. Um, you know, looking back on it, you're like, okay, you gave ourselves a chance. But like I said, that was kind of just fighting your butt off to try and get there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. And, you know, I know you said you talked with Fryermuth, but he really has been Heath point, you know, 2.0. He's yes. he reminds me of him so much, and uh, you know, great defense on that play by Harrison Smith. But boy, he has really become a big weapon for you. He has, and and, and you know, I think that's the highest compliment we could pay a guy is to call him Heath or Heath like or yeah. anything like that. And Heathian, so, but but he he yeah he, he's not only been like that on the field, but but you know, as a locker room, as a teammate guy, you know, just quiet, humble. Um, you know, just does his job, puts the team first, knows, um, you know, what it takes to be a Steeler. And, it, and it's awesome to see. And he's going to be so much fun to watch, um, hopefully for the next 10, 15 years here. And, and I think the fans are going to love him. I mean, my son is that, – that's the jersey he wants for Christmas. That's oh, that's part. awesome. We went, we went to get the, a Christmas tree uh, last week or something, and we go to this, like, farm that's kind of out in the middle of nowhere to cut our tree down. And the lady asked, what do you want for Christmas? He said, I wanted a Pat Fryermuth jersey. She looked at him like he had three heads. Like, yeah. who's Pat Fryermuth? Like, He's like, you know, Moose. I'm like, okay, man, I think she's got to move on. But, he, you know, what a good dude. I'm just I'm, – I'm happy he's here with us. Ben, record aside and, you know, the, the ups and downs that Randy referenced, um, have you enjoyed this and, and what have you gotten out of this season? Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, it's, it's obviously been a lot different. A lot of young guys – um, new, you know, guys like Pat and Naj and the line guys. And, I, and I've, it's been fun watching them grow. And there, there's been growing pains, obviously, from them, from me. Um, but, but to see these guys and see what I think they could become here for this team, it's, it's really cool. Whenever it does end, uh, whenever that might be, will the thing you miss the least, would that be dealing with, uh, let's say, eccentric, eccentric receivers? <laughs> I thought you were going to say media. Well, I'll tell you what. Because yeah. you've had yeah. your share over the years. I mean, it seems like there's a never-ending supply. They just keep coming. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's what makes those guys special, right? And so between them and the media, like I heard Val say, I think that'll be uh, – <laughs> I'll be okay. <laughs> Big game Sunday against the Titans, Heinz Field. And uh, this is, you know, holiday crowd, basically. It's going to be absolutely jam-packed in Heinz Field and a very consequential game. And as Mike said, you know, whenever it is that you stop playing, I would imagine as you have gone on in your career, you do appreciate these kinds of moments more and more. And this has got to feel pretty good for you going in Sunday, knowing, you know, uh, I've been here many, many times. And as you climb up the ladder of your career towards the top rung here, uh, it's got to feel special for you to get into that Heinz Field corridor run out onto the field and hear everybody go crazy (laughs) it does it means so much um you know i i think early in in your career you kind of take it for granted which is obviously easy to do i think for anybody when you're when you're doing something you there's no kind of end in sight you're just you're going to go out and and just do it uh i think more than ever now it's like man i'm just enjoying every moment i mean the drive in 
the, the, the people, the fans, you, and you have to appreciate it because you don't know when it's going to come to an end, whether that's mm-hmm. through them getting rid of you, through you retiring, through injury, I mean, whatever it may be. But you have to appreciate the, the, the abilities that you've been given. Um, you know, all those people screaming for you and hollering and just – it is such a blessing – place and, and, and the best fans in the world. I mean, I've said it since day one, and I will continue to say that, um, that they are the best. And so there's nothing like running out of that tunnel with those towels and hearing the fans go nuts. I'll, I'll tell you that. I, I will cherish that this week, especially, like you say, the holiday weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. One of the players, Ben, that's that's been the cause of uh, the, that crowd going pretty crazy is Bud Dupree, and I know that he has a chance to play in this game. Did you shoot Bud a text? Maybe tell him to play it safe, take another week off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I try to tell those guys, hey, man, you've been a great teammate. We really appreciate it here. Just, uh, you know, don't go too hard. <laughs> <laughs> don't Look, I, Matt Moore me the in, thing I don't, Heinz yeah. Field. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That was that, – that had to be – I mean, that and, the, and uh, Clark uh, McGahee have to be the two hardest hits you've ever seen at Heinz Field. Uh yeah, probably. What was that? I think he went to the tunnel. Earl Thomas Mason was a pretty big. Oh, the Mason one. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Oh, yeah, when he got spaceballed. Yeah, when he, they took the mask off his helmet. So this is the thing. The, the thing that has bothered me when people are, like, asking about, like, you know, and we're even kind of doing it, asking for, like, you know, at this point in your career, this team is very much in it. The AFC North is a mess right now, and there's no reason when the Steelers aren't are playing their best ball why they can't run the table right now. If you get the second-half performance in Minnesota – the rest of the way, we're going to the playoffs. I said it like yeah, Jim I mean, Mora. It, 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 yeah, it's it's it is open though. I mean that that's the thing is is is, is we want to say as bad as we played. Day, um, you know, dealing with the things we've dealt with, whatever. It's it's still there. I mean, we we still have the opportunity. Uh, it's kind of in our grasp um, to take care of what we have to take care of, and and this week is a is a great test for us, right? It's a playoff caliber team coming in. Um, to, to our place, and, and we, we've got to show up and play at all phases of the game. Ben Roethlisberger, Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, man, best of luck on Sunday. Thanks for making time for us this morning, and uh, go get them. We'll be talking to you soon. Have a great Christmas with uh, you and Ash and the kids. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I always have time for you guys. Have a great holiday, and, and happy holiday to all the fans out there. Love you guys. All right, man. Appreciate it, Ben. We'll Thanks, see you, ben. brother. That was Ben Roethlisberger this morning right here on The Morning Show. And, Matt, he has been deflecting all year long any kind of confirmation of uh, this is it. Yeah, right, right, right. Didn't want that last roundup and, uh, you know, victory tour around the league. But uh, when a guy's talking about uh, savoring the drive to work and enjoying every second. Coming out of the tunnel and all all that good stuff. And I got a real kick of how he kind of just accepted his age and, you know, where he is and – kind of makes fun of himself at this point and you know we it, it's good stuff that was really good i do think they should add more quarterback draws to the four minute offense because it would kill the clock i mean it's gonna <laughs> it's, take a while for true. To, a little longer to get, to get those point a from point b two yard runs when we come back we'll uh <laughs> check in with a guy who has not lost a step that would be merrill hodge uh merrill's got a lot to say as always about this matchup so keep it here and Find out what Merrill thinks with Matt Williamson. I'm Mike Persuda. You're listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship. 102.5 DVE and SNR. Back to the Steelers Preview Show presented by Unibet on DVE.
Welcome back. Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson with you here on The Preview until 8 o'clock tonight. Time now to do what we always do at this point of the show and go full house backfield and welcome Merrill Hodge to the program. Merrill, uh, I got to start with this. Uh, Matt and I were doing a little chatting before we went on the air tonight, and we talked about how we don't think enough is made in the NFL every season about when you play a particular team. And I think this game coming up is a great example uh, if I'm going to have to play the Tennessee Titans, I'd rather play them with Deonta Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard running the ball, not Derrick Henry. I'd rather play them with Nick Westbrook-Akine, not A.J. Brown being the primary target. And I'd rather play them when they're in a pretty comfortable position, 9-4, and four, sitting fat and happy atop the division, coming off a shutout of Jacksonville that's probably got them thinking more of themselves than it ought to, given that it was achieved against Jacksonville. Yeah, I love the uh, the thought process, but then you could fool yourself because I'm going to tell you this. You do not want to think just because Derrick Henry is not here, we're not going to get a mouthful of pads and they can't <laughs> run the football and they can't run the football with massive authority. And here I, I'll just give you an example. You know, the Patriots beat them, right? You looked at the score. You probably saw some highlights. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know. I don't trust him, Merrill, because you always told me TV lies and highlights really lie. So I stopped watching okay. highlights. Right, right, right. So, but, but most fans do that. You know, we, they, I mean, most fans don't have the, you know, the, um, the luxury of, you know, being able to pull up tape and look at the entire game and look at each play twice, all 22 in the end zone and see what really took place. Okay, they, they gashed the, the, they gashed the Patriots. I mean, gashed them. There was about a 48, 50-yard run. That ended up in fumble. He ended up fumbling it. So you not you, that doesn't go on the highlight reel. Now, had he not fumbled, they probably would have went on the highlight reel. They had several occasions like that where, unfortunately, <laughs> the end result was a fumble. Okay. Well, my point is, they literally moved them off the ball and mauled them. And the Patriots and Belichick is always notorious for neutralizing your strength, and they just they just could not neutralize it. You know, now because it wasn't Derrick Henry, it just didn't get a lot of recognition. You see the score, and you're like, ah, yeah, you know, they, they couldn't run the ball. Shoot, they ran the ball at will. They ran the ball last week at will. They've run the ball um, so much better. They had a little lull because they were trying to get Foreman and, you know, find out who was going to be that guy. Now, Foreman's like 240 pounds. You know, he may not have the true top-end speed of, of a Henry, but he's a big dude. And they, they, they run the football with the same authority they – um, uh, yeah, I believe I, I do agree with you. They don't have their perimeter, their their the, the perimeter um, emphasis or their their priority guys. That is a little difference with the the complement. But they have done a good job of developing their tight ends become a big factor. Okay, well you look at the Steelers and some of their areas of concern. It's you know handling the hash area. You know inside linebackers covering in the passing game. It's not just the secondary. When we say secondary, we always lose sight. The linebackers are part of that. They target that area a lot. I expect them to do that. They got to feel like there's going to be a lot of options for us um, with with their tight end who has played much better. So um, I understand what you're saying from a name aspect, but you can't get fooled into thinking um, this isn't um, a team that to be reckoned with because they run the ball with great authority, even though it's not Derrick Henry. If you sleep on them, if you do not play, if you play the run like you did against Minnesota, you know, or Cincinnati twice, then you're not going to beat them. 
Um, now if you play it like you did against Cleveland and Baltimore, then you got a shot. And that's how you have to be prepared for it. That's exactly what's going to come their way. They run power roll, they run counter, they run inside zone, outside zone, and they come at you. And then they run run action off of it. And their tight end has evolved. There's a big player. Um, their perimeter threat isn't what it, you know, it would be with both guys, but you still have some guys that can hurt you on the perimeter. And um, this is a scary team. I'm telling you, it's a scary team right now. You know, if they had Derrick Henry, obviously it takes them to another notch, but they are not that far off without Derrick Henry. Merrill, you mentioned the the run action. It's really been a staple the last couple of years, you know, with Tannehill and Henry and the old offensive coordinator, are they still running it as effectively or highly effectively? Yeah, probably more so. Yeah. I think they're actually a little better at it. And that's why I, I mentioned the tight end. The tight end has been a big factor. Last couple of games, they've used him a lot. Um, they're, they're, you know, they've been without their perimeter players in a lot of games. And early on, like against the Jets, it really hurt them. You know, all they really had was Derrick Henry. You know, and they had nothing to, to complement that in the middle of the field or the perimeter. Well, because the injuries have been, you know, you know, weeks on end, guys are starting to develop. You know, they're starting to get better. Um, you may not know them. They may not be, you know, household names and, you know, names that would scare you per se, but you start to see it on tape. You know, the things are, they have a good complement of the hash area with their tight end. Um, then it makes it a little easier on the perimeter. They got guys that are making plays, um, for them, you know, Hula Jones is back, and he wasn't as sharp last week, but he's much. I would expect him to be much sharper this week. That's the danger of him getting some reps. So, um, name-wise, you know, you think you got a little easier game, but I'm telling you this: I guarantee, if you watch tape on them, you'll be like, "Ooh, <laughs> we ain't getting no break. There's no break on this one." Merrill, the Steelers and their defense. Now, you know, really quick, their defense does some things scheme-wise, pressure-wise that are very concerning. I mean, they do some stuff to get free pressures that are mind-boggling. I mean, some really cool stuff. <laughs> I mean, from a just a football perspective of, of watching design and execution, and that's something with the young offensive line and young backs that, you know, is a concern going into this one, you know, seeing those things and picking them up, you know, because um, they're not they're not of the norm that you usually see. So that'll be an interesting challenge for them as well. Shouldn't be any problem for the Steelers protecting, uh, based on what I saw in Minnesota. I think they've got that stuff ironed out pretty well. Uh, <laughs> on top of that. They are getting your guy, uh, Robert Spillane, back. Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator today, down on the south side, saying that Spillane's going to play. He's working his way back, full participant in practice. And uh, he certainly uh, made a name for himself against Henry last year in Nashville. Uh, he might yeah. be a little challenged cover-wise like the rest that are inside backers, but uh, he wouldn't uh, turn down a – a mouthful of shoulder pads, Woody? Well, I will tell you this. You know, the one thing I loved about Spillane from the very beginning there that that you struggle with with Devin Bush, you know, regardless of his injury and dogs biting him, is <laughs> he has – he just has – You got a kick out of that last week, didn't you? I, I'm, still, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. But I will get to it in a second. Anyway. Like Spillane just looks like a linebacker. He has a great feel and instinct for that position. You know, how he plays the run, you know, how he plays the uh, the, the pass, you know, in zone, in man. He's where he's supposed to be on his, on his fits. You know, you're not going to 
I mean, can you be, can they create jerk routes and mismatches on linebackers? Well, that's the goal of every NFL team to try to do that. Sure. You can get that done, but it's not going to be easy to fool him. You know, he's not going to open up when he's got man coverage and let the back release out of the backfield and give him a clean shot to the end zone and make it easy on the quarterback to make that throw. You know, he's going to get in the line of scrimmage, disrupt that back, force him to the outside, make it a harder throw, a harder route. Um, Whereas, you know, Devin Bush struggles with that stuff, you know. Um, so he will be, you know, how, you know, getting him back in the lineup and being able to utilize him will be a, will be a big plus for them because they're, they're, they're struggling there and they've and they got to get some type of consistency, um, especially in this last stretch. Good stuff there on Spillane. And, you know, I think we know your thoughts and all of our thoughts on Bush at the moment. But I think Schobert kind of goes – under the radar a little bit. What are your thoughts on Schobert right now? Listen, he ain't that far off of Bush. Yeah, it seems that way. With a lot of with a lot of his, I mean, there's no energy, there's no real instincts, and you know, I, I thought he played much better in Jacksonville. You know, when I when I when I studied him there, um, I almost question sometimes if he wants to play. To be really honest with you, mm-hmm. I just like, does this guy really want to play? You know, I I just don't see. You know, he's he just kind of he's kind of there. You know, he just kind of you know he doesn't you know he's on he, he gets he well not at all. Right. I mean, he gets mauled and he gets he doesn't get off blocks any better than than Bush at times. Now he'll get to a run fit a little better, but it ain't with authority. You know, he isn't anybody. I'm just telling you. You know, I've said this before. You know, if I'm watching him, I want to play him. I want to play him. I'm like, I mean, this is like, okay, you seldom get to play against inside linebackers that play the way they play, run and pass. The two of them, you know, and I watch the entire league. I mean, I, I look for comparisons, and I, I can't find a group that really struggles like they do against run and pass as, as, a, as, a, as a tandem. And, you know, Devin Bush is, because he's a first-rounder, you know, he's kind of still in the limelight there, but you're, you're right. He, Schilbert is not much better, you know, and he has not carried his weight, has not made a lot of mental mistakes, um, gets, doesn't get off blocks, gets pushed around, is out of position, um, not very good in the passing game. You know, he does do Other some, than that, he's been great. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's <laughs> a little better in the passing game. He's a little better. But now listen, just go to the third down. Why do they take him off the field? You know, I, I say this all the time. Like People sit there and go – you know, they get angry with you when you say stuff. I'm like, okay, forget what I say. Why are they not on third down then? I have nothing to do with that. The coaches are with them all the time. If they are that good, why are they not out there? That tells you everything. Like play calling tells you everything about players and what coaches are doing. You know, when fans lose lose sight, I mean, I've just been doing this for so long. I mean, those, those things are, they, they indict who you are, you know, good and bad. You know, it's not just bad. I mean, there's like that's the flow when coaches call certain plays, and you're like, holy cow, you wouldn't call that with some other players, but you call it with that guy. Well, there's a reason you pull these guys off on third down. They have struggled. They've given up big plays. They've been out of position, and you got you got one guy killing ten at times. You got two guys killing nine at times, and that's just not fair to the team. And Merrill, to your point, uh, they played Marcus Allen as the inside linebacker in the dime. Right. In Minnesota, right, right, those were right. his first nine defensive snaps of the year. He got undressed right. on a key third down late in the game, yeah, and Butler yeah, said yeah. he's going to be playing that role again against the Titans. 
Yeah. Okay. Allen. End of story. Now listen, listen. With that guy, Cook, I'm telling you, there's not many linebackers going to get that. The, the route he ran and the space he had. I'm just telling you, I feel bad for him. Um, anybody gets exposed there. But you, when you watch him, he at least has some conceptual understanding of how to how to play that position. You know, how to take the inside away, force the guy over the top. Now he may have got beat. But shoot, Devin Bush was standing. I mean, he was opening up the gate and letting the back release inside. Like that's where you don't want the guy to go. He was giving it to him, and he's widening out and letting him go there, and make that's an easy throw for the quarterback. Well, that's why he's not. They're not there. Okay, it doesn't. It's not about the coach tells you that. If he was that good, he'd be out there. There's no. There's no way he wouldn't be out there if he was really good at that. There's a reason that he those two don't play on third down now. Yamiro, you and Greg Cosell have been doing this for so long, and when I was early in this business, I learned from you guys very quickly that these teams tell you exactly what you think of what they think of players by how they use them. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I quote you guys a lot over the years. Uh, you mentioned Foreman, Dante Foreman, the, the running back. I was yeah. shocked that they kind of were fortunate enough to find him at this stage of the game. I mean, he's not just a scrap heap type of guy. Dude, I'm telling you, I, I, I'm telling you, while watching this cat, I'm like, oh my gosh, how lucky are they? And, you know, they just, he, he may not have the top end speed, but I'm telling you, he runs with authority. He is decisive. He's really instinctively, he, he's got better feet than Derrick Henry. He doesn't have that top end speed. I mean, so they have not deviated from their, their running tag. That is their foundational approach. They are coming at you. They have just gotten a little better in their run action, and the perimeter players, because of experience now, are playing better. You know, I don't even know where Foreman come from. Do you know? I mean, Texas. He was like a heavily recruited kid. Um, was he? Had some off-the-field things, from what I understand. But yeah, was, former third-rounder. Yeah, I'd say he's a mid, mid-round pick. I mean, he yeah. has some pedigree to him. Yeah, um, but, well, he runs with. He runs with great purpose, you know, and he's not he, – you don't want him – you don't want to get this guy rolling. Now, he's not a guy – it's like Derrick Henry, the one that their only flaw Derrick Henry has is if you can get his feet stopped at yeah. the initial point of attack. If you can get him to stop, which is the ultimate goal, he just he doesn't redirect very well. He's worked harder and getting better. That was my you know my my my, my real concern in, at Alabama that he had so many negative runs that they got ignored. Okay, because he's there Alabama, I and mean, those negative runs really didn't really affect him. But you would see his feet stop all the time, and he almost became paralyzed. He couldn't move laterally. And I was like, and which is what his big problem was when he came into the league, is he was trying to do what he did in college. And listen, even though he did that in college, he'd get away with doing it. Not in the NFL, you can't. You have, especially a guy who doesn't change directions very well, and anybody who even does that, being decisive, and getting what's there is so important to being successful as a runner in the NFL and learning how to do that. And that's why he struggled initially, you know, because I was actually golfing with Eddie, uh, Eddie George and I were talking about it, and that's really kind of what, you know, what Eddie had really told him. like, listen, based on how you are, you can't mess around. The second you get that ball and you see a seam, you hit it, and you hit it, and you keep hitting it, and then it's going to come. And once he started to develop that mindset and that attitude, I mean, geez, I mean, he'd have been legendary. I remember Absolutely. you and Greg would call him a track runner, you know, like a, like on train tracks. He's great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You I mean, you get him. I can think of many guys. Yeah. George was kind of like that. You know, you get guys, you want, to, you want them to stop their feet. 
that's why when you study guys coming out, you know, seeing guys when you mention that they're laterally dynamic, boy, they can stop and, you know, okay, Delvin Cook. Like, okay, we come here and he's coming out of Florida State. I mean, that dude was like, too. Now, Delvin doesn't have you know, the massive body of a Derrick Henry. So then you start deciding, well, can he take the pounding? I'm like, well, yeah, then do different types of runs. You know, like power O's, you wouldn't do, you'll do a Derrick Henry, which they do. Downhill, you know, power runs you'll do. With Dalvin Cook, you're trying to get outside zones and perimeter stuff for him. You know, don't, don't beat him up inside. Get, let him have chances to get to the perimeter because he's so dynamic there. Well, you don't do a lot of that with Derrick Henry. You're doing power O, you're doing downhill stuff. You're, you're catering calls and plays to his strength, which is what you do. That's just good coaching. That's how you, you go about catering to the strength of your, of your player. So if you're the Steelers and uh, you respect everything you just said about uh, the quality of the replacement running backs and the, the approach and the face full of shoulder pads, is this a load-up-the-box game, particularly with their limitations outside, or do you try to play it you know, kind of down the middle and just do way better than you did against the uh-huh. Vikings? Well, like I think, you know, they've, the last um, few weeks they have used five linebacks, depending on personnel. You know, if they have to um, – tight ends play with the eye formation fullback a lot. Um, and they'll play a two tight end. So he's only wide, one wide receiver on the field. Okay. Well, the Steelers have, in the last several weeks, matched up with five linebackers to that personnel, which, listen, is very smart. You know, like, I mean, and, and they've been successful doing it for the most part. Um, I don't think you can take this, this game lightly. I, I don't think that there's any coach in that, on that staff that probably didn't walk in on the first day that they put the game plan in and, and said, listen, let me get your attention. I know Derrick Henry's not playing. If you think for one second they're any different, they are not. And then all you have to do is start watching some tape, and anybody in their right mind will be like, oh, you're right. You know, um, so it will be interesting. But I just, the way the Titans will play, you know, I could see them putting that, those five linebackers on the field, and they've had success with that. And, you know, T.J. Watt has kind of, they've used him as the rover at times. Um, and he'll do one of two things. He's either going to make the play or he's going to occupy two people. Well, he, either way, he's done his job. Somebody's free. You know, and they, they, they like they did against Baltimore and played really well. Um, they did against Minnesota, too, if I remember right, and I don't think it worked out as well. So, But I, I do expect to see that, you know, and you got to – this is – got to commit to that because if you can't neutralize that part of their game, then you're in trouble. Merrill, I know it's not the only problem. We talked about the linebacker issues – but how much of a difference would a, a quality nose tackle make? You know, Tyson Alulu. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be Casey. Oh, Alulu. Yeah. When he left, you know what? That was a huge blow because, you, you know, when you look at – I'll go back to when, you know, Casey Hanson, um, Brett Kiesel, Aaron Smith played. Okay. I'd I, I, I be, you know, doing my matchup show. Every now and then, you know, I just like to call – here's what I love about my job is I could call the greatest minds in the world – and get information from them and how they looked at things. And keep in mind, you know, what people forget is like every team, like the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are just focused on the Tennessee Titans. They don't care about the rest of the national football. <laughs> right, right. They, they don't care. It is irrelevant to what's happening Monday night or Thursday night. They're, they're focused on this. That's who they're studying. And these guys are brilliant, you know, and that's all they do. And you got a staff focused on it. They do it all week. They shoot not just all week. They've been building up to it all year in bits. So you really find some the, the guts and the truth of what is the key to a team. Every time I would call this back then when they were that defense was together, I remember it was a, 
Uh, oh, help me with Kansas City. He's a defensive coordinator. He was a character. Um, he was under Marty Schottenheimer. Um, he ended up becoming the head coach there for a while, I think, for a year or two. Um, Gunther Cunningham. Oh, yep, yep. Gunther Cunningham. There you go. Okay, that dude. Okay, we had a great relationship. Loved Gunther Cunningham. Loved to call him and just talk to him. And he was like, I was talking to him about, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, linebackers, Troy Palmo. He's like, no, <laughs> they are the least of my problems. He goes, I already have to occupy five guys to block those three guys in the trench. That is their strength of their team. Without those guys, I'd handle the rest of the guys you just mentioned. They're easy. He goes, I got five guys occupied on three. <laughs> That's why those linebackers make plays in Troy Palmo. We ain't got time to get to them. And I'm just, it was just, you know, that's, you would hear that all the time. Now, they never got any. They, I mean, listen, I, I got the recognition because they're part of a great defense, but I don't know if they really were truly appreciated on what they did week in and week out. Um, and oh, I feel you on that. I, I believe they were not. Yeah. I, I think yeah, that's they a just, great point. I mean, it was every defensive coordinator, they always squashed that linebacker and safety question like oh shoot bro he goes i wish that's who i had to deal with if that was it he goes we can do that those three guys in the trenches it's going to take five maybe six guys we don't have he goes we don't have 15 guys we got 11 i was like wow you know so that's the truth of the people who are are living and breathing it every single day those guys so to your point they don't really have you got one guy cam that you really he can wreck a play, um, but you because he's one guy you can run away from him. You know you can double him even though he wins a lot of double teams, and you can single guys, which they do. You know they don't they don't and then they get up on the next level. Then you got two inside guys that are just really really average right now, and it just makes it for a hard way to stop the run. Merrill, it's great stuff as always. Uh, look forward to doing it again next week. I'll tell you next week what I want for Christmas. You got it, man. Get that. Well, make sure you get it. You better get it out next week. It better be fast. I mean, with the postal service and the sleighs and the deer. I mean, geez, <laughs> you're putting me in a jam, but I'll get it done. I would expect nothing less. Merrill Hodge uh, joining us once right. again. Thanks, Merrill. Uh, Matt and I still have uh, a bow to put on this as we uh, get ready for the Steelers and the Titans. You got me a little nervous there. Uh, yeah, and he brings up really good points too. I mean, they are a physical downhill team yeah. with a back that isn't bad and plays have, to the weaknesses of the Steeler interior. They don't have the numbers though, other than that New England game. No, they don't. You're 100 percent true. They, they they could have rolled out anybody and beat the Jags last week. Yeah. Though. I mean, that was a miserable performance by Jacksonville. One more uh, segment to come, so keep it here with Matt Williamson. I'm Mike Persuda. You are listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship. 102.5 DVE and SNR. Back to the Steelers preview show presented by Unibet on DVE. Welcome back. Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson with you tonight until 8 o'clock right here on the flagship. 102.5 DVE and SNR. That was uh, attention-getting stuff from Merrill Hodge. Yeah. And I respect anybody, if anybody can see a downhill running attack coming, he can. Sure. Uh, it's the reputation of Tennessee to run the ball. I did a show on Steelers.com with Craig Wolfley today, and he was singing the praises of the Titans' offensive line. And, mm. you know, Mike Vrabel is a run game guy because he's, yeah. he's a defense guy, right? Right, right. Defensive coaches love running the ball as well. But, uh, you know, the numbers don't support 
the gravity of the challenge that I think Merrill was trying to present. Not that I'm saying sleep oh, right. on yeah. him. Do not sleep on him. Absolutely. If you got run on the way the Steelers got run on it doesn't matter by Minnesota, right, you yeah. better not sleep on anybody. But uh, Dontrell Hilliard has 276 career rushing yards in the NFL, 179 of them this year. Uh, Deonta Foreman has 661 career rushing yards in the NFL, 240 this year. Yeah. Somebody's stopping them. <laughs> right. I mean, I, they're not world beaters. Foreman's impressive to me. Hilliard's kind of the receiving back type, you know, the change of pace guy. Um, but they have a very physical run game. The thing is, to me, it's just the receivers don't scare you. If it's A.J. Brown. Not at all, right? You know, so load up the box, sell out to stop that run game, make Tannehill beat you, and I think you're in a good spot. Yeah, and Tannehill has particularly suffered. Uh, the last- night and day with him without Henry. He's the guy everybody thought he was back before he got real good, and everybody <laughs> said, oh, we, we, we misjudged Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. I mean, Five-game stretch, Matt. Four touchdowns and six interceptions. Yeah, yeah. That's That gets a lot of guys benched. It gets a lot of guys benched. And, again, he's not getting a lot of help. There's not playmakers. There's very few explosive plays from the offense as a whole. But, I mean, to your point and Merrill's point, I mean, if you're going to allow big gaps and let them run time and time again, they're getting eight yards a clip, and I know these guys aren't Dalvin Cook, none of that stuff really matters. If you're that bad against the run – I'm sure, you know, the, the Titans pregame show on Thursday night in Tennessee right now is going, well, we can run on these guys. We should have some success. You know, that's what we're built <laughs> yeah. on. You know what I mean? Oh, I think the Chiefs pregame show is looking ahead at this. And after tonight's game, we're going to run on Pittsburgh. <laughs> right. Uh, might as well. Right. Uh, but I like the Steelers' health and rest and home and needing the game more. I do think this is a good time to play Tennessee. Yeah, I think a lot of things line up in the Steelers' favor, particularly if they can get what they got out of Najee Harris and Ben Roethlisberger leading that comeback, almost mm-hmm. willing them to at least be respectable right. in Minneapolis. Without question. And the other thing we haven't touched on either is wide receivers in particular have really done a lot of damage to this defense. I think it's a big Deontay game. I think it's a big Ben game. I don't know if the Steelers are going to run well. You know, We even talk about Jeffrey Simmons enough and that defensive oh, front. He's a monster. He's a yeah. monster. I, I don't think the Steelers are going to have much success just pounding the rock. Ben's going to have to be sharp, and Deontay will probably get 15 targets. What do you think? RPO all day, all night, as long as it takes? I mean, take shots. I mean, that's what yeah. they do. That's I mean, that's who they are now. But, I mean, put the ball in Roethlisberger's hands I and, think so. and the decision-making in Roethlisberger's yep. hands. You Maybe got, some hurry-ups. You no got this guy for tempo. maybe four more games. Right. Uh, take it away. It's get, every, get every last ounce of uh, Big Ben that you can get, right? Yeah, I 100% think so, you know. Uh, get Claypool's head screwed on straight. Use both those guys quite a bit. Your tempo, Fryermuth as well. I'd like to see Harris more as a receiver too. Yeah, uh, I'm all for him getting the ball. Uh, got to go back to Claypool, but he's got to smarten up and tighten up. Mm-hmm. We've been saying that all year. Maybe Sunday, but he can produce. Will be the day that is going to do it for us. Want to thank Merrill as always for joining us. Thank shirtless Tom uh, for keeping things running smoothly behind the glass. Thanks to Ben Roethlisberger for joining the morning yeah, show today and allowing us to use that again. We call that repurposing. Yeah, when, when you're spreading the wealth. It's basically a rerun, but repurposing <laughs> sounds uh, a whole lot more impressive. Uh, Matt and I will be back next week getting you ready for the Steelers and the Chiefs. Until then, for Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Persuda. You have been listening to Steelers Preview like here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Good night, everybody.